Episode 33 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about our Game of the Month for February 2021. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Aaron, Adam, and I each highlight our favorite game of the month and talk about others we'd like to play more. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to Aaron, Adam, and myself talking about our Game of the Month. Which one of you would like to start first? Who has their favorite game? played in February, locked and loaded. Can you remind me while I'm thinking of my favorite game, what Deep Vince was? Oh. It was like the undersea, they were little hexagon tiles. Oh, and we and liked it all right. Yeah, I thought you didn't. Well, like, I, I didn't like it It's a Red Raven game. and go back and think. You kind of are, it has that mechanism where you can pick the first thing off the line, or you can pay to pick something further back, and you add that to your tableau, and... Each one of those tiles has different kind of abilities. Usually they uh, have some kind of triggering relationship with what you place it next to. And then you're trying to get the most ultimately points. You can kind of attack people. There's a little bit to take that. Um, I thought you didn't like it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go like I didn't like it, I recall. And then I think we played a lot of games like we played Shipwrights. That's not that good. Two players and some other things. I'm going to go with Happy City as my favorite uh, my favorite game. Now, Aaron, can you tell me what Happy City is? I'm very unfamiliar with that game. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a little card game that you buy cards. Game is over when you've added, I think it's eight cards to your tableau, or someone ten. has added eight or ten cards to your tableau. And you're just adding cards that can kind of provide you income for next turns. But essentially, you're trying to collect green people and red hearts, and your score is your green people times red hearts at the end of the game. On a previous podcast, I mentioned that I thought it was shockingly fast. You're in mid-game kind of thinking about your long-term strategy and you realize, oh gosh, there's only three more turns. What am I going to do? Do I have way too much money because I overvalued money because only green people and, and red hearts really matter? The answer is yes, but I think it's a fun game. Awesome. Did that help? It sounds like how the Grinch stole Christmas, by the way. Green people, red hearts, just for yeah. the Yeah, and the, the color of the people is inco- inconsequential. The different cards that you buy you know, have that have a number of hearts or kind of like people outlines on them. So you're trying to get the happiest city, like the most people in it multiplied by the most love. And it's family weight, I think, even on the expert mode where you add in kind of these extra buildings. It's still pretty family weight and light. So there's a very basic form of the game you can play. And then you can kind of add in these building cards that have slightly more sophisticated powers. But the buildings are different colors. You have three kind of rows that you can buy from. And you're kind of balancing the fact that you get income so that you can buy more buildings, but then also you're trying to get these scoring criteria. Even though it's family weight, there is no like rubber banding on it at all. So if you just sit there and, you know, buy the cards that look nice to you, or I think when we played, you ended up with like weight, Aaron ended up with way too too much much money. money. And it's not a game where you can do anything with extra money. You don't score points for the money that you have when it's over. So it just kind of, if you have too much money, you basically just should have bought different cards so that you could have more points instead. Well, that's a nice lesson, right? Don't just hoard your money. Mm-hmm. That doesn't it make love. a happy city. You know what? Yeah. Doesn't it doesn't make, make a happy city. city. That's exactly, I mean, it's right on theme. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's a good game. Adam, do you have a game of the month? I know you didn't join us for the month in review last month. Did not, uh, um, but I'm here now. I'm excited to be here, and I do have a game of the month. Now, Excellent. it's a little adjacent to board games, but my absolute game of the month is going to be Magic the Gathering Arena, which is an app, oh, and they've released yeah. the a new set, the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, 
and it is a lot of fun to draft and I'm doing it a whole whole bunch and I've been doing it since they released it last month. Uh, oh. It's a very good time. I would recommend anybody that likes playing Magic. I think it's a super fun set to draft in all of the different drafting styles that you can do on Arena. So Kamigawa was a, uh, a set centered around like ninjas and monks and snakes. And so now that they've gone back to Kamigawa, the neon part is because they have like laser swords and motorcycles and stuff now. Okay. So it's ninjas and rats and laser swords. It's a pretty fun theme. <laughs> what not to the love. The card designs are a blast. Yeah, so it's 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 just silly enough where I feel like it's easy to not take it too seriously. But it's also still just the same game we've all known and loved or hated, depending on who you are, I suppose. But yes, so that is my game of the month. And that will probably be subsequent games of the month. Nice. <laughs> the Goo the Google on my phone has told me lots about this, but I have not looked further. Perhaps I should. No, this is an app. Do you have to like buy the cards? You have to buy an entry cost, so there's gems that you have to spend real money on and there's you know, but then you can win gems. So if you if you're good, I mean you can continue to win more gems. Then you spent. Then you spent if you are good enough to do that. So, I mean, okay. there is, but yeah, there is an actual real world cost to this. Okay. Okay. And a real world benefit. I mean, well, if you I, like playing. I don't, I don't think you can ever turn them back into dollars. I well, think I mean, it's just all... the yeah. time you enjoy playing. <laughs> oh, well then, yeah. Yeah. It's like a happy city in my own head. Ah, there it is. Kelly, do you have a game of the month? I do have a game of the month. And despite, I played a lot of Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, which... I don't really like Terraforming Mars. I think Ares Expedition is good. This is not my game of the month, but it's a lead-in to the fact that I was playing that solo a lot. Kind of thought that it would have been my game of the month because I came around on it by playing it more. I began to understand the game better and how you have to sort through the cards to get what you want. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to pick Divi Dice, also known as Manmus Ockgernen Kernen. Did I do that oh, right? Manmus Ockgernen Kernen is Divi Dice? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I knew about Monmouth's Ock, Wittgen, Gurn, and Kern, and you said it correctly. Okay, okay. I feel like I didn't really hit the Ock like you Well, are. I mean, the Ock, maybe not, but the Gurn and right. Kernan is the difficult part, and you All did a right. nice job. Um, so, yes, Divi Dice is, uh, yeah, they gave it a nice, much easier to pronounce English name to put on the box. You have these dry erase cards that are squares, and you can play solo or more people. I played the game a lot solo. On the cards is some combination of numbers you're trying to get in a bingo-ish style. So it might be you need to roll numbers that equal the same or you're trying to hit certain numbers that are printed on the card. And the cards will either be scoring criteria or there'll be bonuses that let you modify the dice. Maybe put a different color dice in a spot or change the value of the dice. And you are ultimately building a 9 by 9 grid. But as soon as someone, if you're playing multiplayer, someone puts in their ninth card, that's like the last round or the second to last round, one or the other. And then it's just who gets the most points by filling out this criteria. The German translation is something like you have to give things to other people too. It's something you, you like that. Should, yeah, you should, give, you should give if you can. You should give if you can. You should also give. Auch is also. Yeah. So when you roll, the whoever is the uh, active player, they roll and decide if they want to keep re-rolling in kind of a Yahtzee way. Um, when they get to their third roll, they have to be able to complete one of their cards. Or I think you can uh, draw a card, kind of sight unseen from one of the uh, piles, 
or maybe you can fill in just two things. In any case, whatever you, I think it's the things that you don't use. I can't remember because I played a whole bunch of solo. Then everyone else gets to pick one of those. So really when it's not your turn, you're trying to strategically fill in your card so that when it is your turn, you have a good chance of rolling and being able to use everything that you roll or being able to finish a card on your roll. So when you play solo, you just keep track of the number of times you roll. And then when you're taking your passive turn, it's dependent on how many times you rolled on your active turn. So if you just rolled once and were able to fill something out, on your passive turn, you get to pick three dice. The way they have this solo mode is that they put all these levels on a dry race card. And they're trying to challenge you to get a certain score in a certain number of rounds. And then it says once you get the best score they've listed, you do this solo campaign where you can you know you play the first round which is like 15 turns and then based on your score there you're trying to hit every subsequent score with one less round and you can like use the overage that you had in a given round to supplement the underage that you may have in the next round i haven't beat it at the highest level yet so i'm not really meant to do the solo campaign but that's kind of what i was working towards when i played it and it was just a nice I think I I really like same thing I say about Death Valley, a solo game that's engaging that's like easy to run yourself and I don't really want to take up like a whole big table like I just want something that fits kind of next to the meal I'm eating next to you know right there with me and that I can play that's engaging enough that gets me to think without it being like you know a two hour commitment the lighter stuff that I can kind of squeeze in more often just uh, kind of takes it for me. So Divi Dice is nice. my game of the month. I was uh, listening and then also considering that dice is a way to break things up. Like if you chop and so is Divi and that's fun. Oh, like dice. Oh, that that could have been part of their wordplay. I, I, it would have been ages. I mean, really, they you, when I you play, you divvy up the dice. I think it's probably not that deep. Right, right. That's still, that's still clever though. So last mm-hmm. month we... We'd kind of talk about that's a, a different game. Last what? That's so that's clever. So clever. You you just said that's so clever in oh. response, and that's a didn't really even already. That's a different game, the same genre. So I felt like I had to not let it pass. That I said it had no idea was very confused. So last month we talked about like a rant of the month or kind of like a frustrating gameplay of the month. I don't know if Aaron, do you already have? Well, I mean, that I you... already did a rant for this month. It's on a previous or following on episode. What was your rant that's on a... Uh, I believe that I gave a very detailed rant about the terribleness that is Mystic Market. Oh, that's true. That's true. And that was this That was this month. So for Aaron's rant of the month, please refer to the... I think that was one of the Coffee Shop Games episodes. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, refer to that episode to hear more about why he doesn't like Mystic Market, which we did play this month. The, the cliff notes shop. is, I think it's imbalanced and dumb and too much reliant on luck. Yeah. yeah. Overall, pretty good. I mean, <laughs> other people like it. I'm given to understand. I don't know that I have. Usually my rant of the month is not something that I've played solo. It's usually something I've played with Aaron and have some grievance about. I don't remember what it was last month, though, which is probably for the best. I think so. I will say... I have a a rant of the month, so I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Go right into it. I've been playing a lot of Seven Wonders Duel on Board Game Arena. Yeah. And you sent me a message today, Kelly, saying, hey, did you know there were expansions on there? And I found out there were expansions on there when I joined the game like I did every other time, which is a whole bunch this month. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's a whole other board, right? And so I feel oh. like Seven Wonders 
Duel is a game where you might be able to figure it out. And actually, I think it happened once before and I just left. But you can't just be leaving games because no, they get real mad. Yeah. But there's not a way to say, like, I don't know how to play this game. I don't, you know, like, there's not an option for that. Like, it does call you out as a first-time user. I, know. I don't know if it does with expansions. Oh, does it I not say? I don't think it does with expansions. I played a whole bunch up to that point. So I look like I'm a skilled player who's just all of a sudden like, I, I'm, <laughs> what I'm is out. this? I don't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll see myself out. So then the next time it happened, I'm like, well, I just can't keep doing this. So then I try to figure it out. And it's the, there's senators and conspiracies. I don't know how the, there's a deck of cards with the conspiracies. I don't know how that works. I never picked that option. There's like a Congress hall thing for the senators and you can pick different paths for them to go on or whatever and those give you benefits they make things cheaper based on which one you pick to kind of help the rest of your game out that all makes sense i figured that out pretty quick what i did not figure out though was that if any person has all senators on there oh it's then they just win? automatically win the game yeah. so i just lost with a uh senator losing there which is fine like it's a game of multiple win conditions but it's always a little tough when you're yeah. like okay so this and then this oh no i've lost okay <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> and just on bga where it's just like game over like oh oh okay okay yeah oh, it's very <laughs> similar it's very hard. similar to a chess game i had with adam this month where i thought we were playing in the middle of a rousing game and it said oh this game is ended by checkmate oh oh you were checkmated you you checkmated me thanks adam no it's uh that's accurate to what happened yeah <laughs> In fact, correct. I don't have a big rant for this month, but I will say, oh, but Longshot Dice, was that last month or was that this month? Did we play it two days ago? We're recording this on the second. Is Longshot Dice the one with the horses? Yeah. We played that game. I think Adam would like that game. I think you're right. Uh, I think we played that game on Monday, so that was last month. That was very technically, you know what? I'm going to take it. So Longshot the Dice game. Is apparently, I've never played Long Shot, the regular board game, but it's horse racing. The dice game has a new, very fun, cartoony sort of style to it. It makes you think of like a maybe 1960s cartoon. That seems right. And you are, there's horses marked one to eight, they're on this circle track, and you kind of are gambling at the, at the horse track. So you start with $12. You have your own like big wipe off card where you're keeping track of all your bets and stuff. As you play, there's a green die that says how far a given horse is going to go that you roll. And then there's an eight sided die that has one side for each of the horses. So you roll those together. Your horse, the horse will either move one, two or three. I think there's two. It's one, one, two twos. Ah, no. there's one, three. There's two threes. Well, you know what? And you would think it would come up more often. Yeah, from playing. I think there's two threes, a one, and three twos. So when you roll that, that horse moves. That makes enough sense. Each one of the horses, though, has an accompanying card with it that has all of the horses marked on, like, uh, a box for all the horses on the bottom. And by default, one other horse will move when that horse moves. Mm. So if you roll a one, then, you know, let's say you roll a one and the number eight horse. Well, the number eight horse moves forward one, but maybe the number three horse is also marked on that. It moves forward one. If it's marked on the card, it always moves forward one. And then the actual one moves far as you have the dice. Everybody, after you roll the dice, gets to like take an action 
one of those actions is marking another box on the horse card. So maybe you've been gambling on horse number four and you're like, well, I want horse number four to be marked on number eight so that every time eight rolls, the four horse will go as well. There's a concession area that has like a grid of horse numbers. And as you fill those out, you can mark X's on the numbers. You get solid rows or columns and it unlocks these bonus actions underneath there and you get to take a bonus action. Uh, sometimes it's more money. Sometimes it's a free bet. Sometimes it's manipulating the horses in the race, moving them forward or backwards. Um, you can do uh, the jockey action just lets you bet on a horse really late in the race because otherwise there's a line after which you can't keep betting on them. And there's also, you can also just take the action to do more betting and you can buy the horses. The horses always have the same like odds as to how they'll finish. And that's based on the pre-printed numbers on all the cards. So the one and two horse are most likely to finish first and they're worth like 10. And then the last place horse uh, is, I think the last two are, are only $4. So you can also buy a horse. Once you buy the horse, they also have some little special ability that you get to do. Sometimes it's just right once when you buy it. Sometimes it's connected to some action that you take. Sometimes it's take two coins away from Kelly. Sometimes it is take two coins away from Kelly, and that's the horse that Aaron bought. So he thought that, and this is sensible in a lot of the ways that he plays games, especially sometimes lighter games. He's like, well, I'll just find the obvious thing to do, and I will run at that so hard and kind of ruin the idea of a family weight anything. But with dice rolling, it you can't really control that. However, in this scenario, that's exactly how it played out. So he saw that the horse, the eight horse was cheap. So he's like, well, I'm just going to buy the eight horse and then I'm going to mark eight on everything. And then eight will be rolled enough that it just wins. Well, I still moved eight back five using bonuses. I think you moved it back up three. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's still one. And I'm saying horse number seven, which statistically shouldn't have been doing that much worse, like stayed on the starting line for 90% of the race. Yeah, so, if I had rolled my strategy with horse number seven, we would have been in trouble. And they were the same costs. Like they were the same. But if it was with horse number seven, like it absolutely wouldn't have worked. Horse number seven maybe would have made it halfway around the you track. You know, horse number seven wouldn't have cost you $2 every time a seven rolled. Well, Aaron, fun for you to think of that now. And that's exactly the grievance I have with mm. playing games with you. Yeah. And every, he didn't miss one time, not one time of telling me, oh, you got to go ahead and raise $2. I took that from you. At least you weren't getting the money. Like that made it. I was actually, we played an expansion that allowed okay. me to get one for rolling every eight, but, but I forgot you, to do that all the time. But you forgot to do that all the time. But it wasn't like my $2 was literally going to Oh, you. right. That would be worse. I will say that I kind of would like, I think it's nice that that game just does use the dry race for the adding money and stuff. But it would kind of be nice to have actual money to subtract and add instead of having to erase all the time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you push, it depends on what day it is as to whether or not I would prefer to write and erase my money or have physical coins. Because sometimes coins are just stupid and fiddly. Yeah, sometimes they are. But I think also in that kind of, you know, it's fun to bet with money, especially when it's fake. Do you have so, a preference here, Adam? Uh, I'd like to throw a third option in there, a clicker. Up oh, and down is yeah. always nice. Oh. Uh, but with betting, money is more fun. I want loud change that can be thrown in the middle, right? Um, or comically large dollar bills with giant president horse faces on there. <laughs> in this case, that would, would like it would kind of fit with the art. I gotta uh, say, in case in case uh, the makers of Monopoly are listening, a an actual machine that you have to put a credit card into to change the value of is not as good as a clicker. Oh, yeah. Remember when Monopoly did like... I mean, I'm sure it's oh, fun yeah. for kids who don't like if they don't have a credit card. I mean, I, they weren't they weren't trying to 
They weren't trying to get us. So yeah, long shot, the dice game, the it did work exactly how Aaron wanted it to. And I was working very hard to make anything else happen. I did buy the number, I ended up buying the number one horse. It did win the race, but before eight finished, Aaron bought number two horse, which finished second. Yeah. So we had our horses finish first, the number one horse finished first, the number two horse finished second, and the number three horse was, or number eight horse finished third. There's some other, you know, kind of betting money things that have to shake out as the game ended, but I... I did not come home successful from the uh, from the track that day. Still made money because you come oh. with you start with twelve yeah. and you. I think no matter how you play the game, you come to the track with twelve dollars and you are. I don't think you're ever leaving. Oh, it's not good. It's not like a it, good track teaching thing. Like oh sure you'll just make money at the horse track. Oh no well, no, and I don't think won't. they're even trying to suggest that it is a good track teaching thing. But like you start with twelve dollars. I left the track with a hundred and two, which anyone would think was respectable, and Aaron left with hundred and fifty five. Oh wow. So, yeah, it was, uh, I, I just could not, I couldn't keep horse number eight down. And there's always that thing of in a gambling betting game like this, then you could just start betting a whole bunch on eight as well. And because eight finished last, which is like $15, I think, and the way the odds pay out, if you gamble a lot on it, you're going to make way more than the owner does in a kind of a downforce right. way. You're going to make way more than the owner does. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my strategy worked, but I also got very lucky. I yeah. only placed bets on winning horses. On, on on Like, I didn't have any bets that weren't on the one, the two, or the eight horse. Yeah. So, like, it was, you know, you, just a little bit luck. Do you think that a... Is, is there the option for more than a two-player version Oh, yeah, up to eight. Oh, up to eight. It'd be super fun. Yeah. Do you think that changes it a lot then? Absolutely, it does. I okay. have no idea what it would really be like as far as people buying horses because... Everybody taking all those actions? Yeah, everyone then has these special actions. It comes with the by default with three sets of, of horse cards. So kind of in that Cubito's way of like, yes, it's the same game, but we're going to put different cards in for it. And then this mm-hmm. came from Kickstarter, and it had another two sets of horse cards. So there's a lot of variety. They suggest that you mix and match those as you see fit. Again, very much like Cubitos. I, I think, one, I should probably just not play it like I played it because it's a family weight fun game. And two, <laughs> I think the more players that you add, the harder it would be to break it like that. To do that specifically. Because, yeah. yeah you, I mean... Like, you were just one person. If one other person was trying to keep the eight horse down, that would not have worked. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because I got to a point where I had used all my bonus concession actions and kind of, like, played my hand as far as manipulating the game went. And then, as the if because the game did not finish fast enough, I was like, oh, he's got a lot of... He's got a lot of actions left. He can still keep pushing this horse forward. He just had more space to kind of uh, ensure... Because eight didn't just drop out of the race because it kept rolling. I was like, yeah, I don't. And maybe it's just kind of a bad idea to keep a horse down in that sense. Uh, it might just be a little too, might just be a little too hard. Yeah. But, yeah. but Adam, I think we should definitely play it sometime. Super fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a game I would enjoy. I think it could be a, it started a glorious a, good time for eight players, too. I think it'd be oh, quite a party game. Boy, it'd be a players. great party game. Yeah. And that's I told Aaron. I'm like, I think it's supposed to be, like, fun. And we took an hour to play it it should it shouldn't it shouldn't take an hour so yeah i'm like i think it's just supposed to be like a crazy loose fun time i pointed out to kelly that would have it would not have taken nearly as long if she had let the eight horse finish sooner but that wasn't the right thing that's not no that's not really nope Nope. that sure isn't the right thing yeah nope (laughs) yeah um so finally 
as we wrap up our February gameplay month in review. Is there a game you'd like to play more? Honestly, I'd like to play more Longshot Dice. Really? All right. It was fun. That's that's lovely. Well, and then there's also, we didn't talk about it, there's also Can't Stop on the list, and I love to play Can't Stop. It's a silly push-your-luck game. Don't want to play more Spotted. Okay, that's enough. I think it was supposed to be saying one thing and then turning over the table. That's so. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I will say what I'd like to play more, which is what I played with Adam, is Beyond the Sun. We both started the game with a very loose understanding of the rules. Yep. On BGA, we did a turn-based game. It took a long time. I will say that for myself, I was playing it, I was doing things, and then at some point I was like, I, I don't know how this ends. You have a main board that's a tech tree, and then there's another board that has like spaceships and stuff. When we first started playing, Adam was doing spaceships and stuff. And I was like, I think I'm just going to leave that alone. And then as we kept playing, I was like, oh... I don't think I, I think you have to use both parts of the board. I don't think it's that kind of game. So I kind of went hard on developing the tech tree. He was putting a lot of things on ships, on these different planets and stuff. And I think it's the kind of game that when it's just laid out, there's so many cards that will be turned over. Like you don't even really know what the actions for that game are going to be. Because as you pull out this tech tree, you go to those places that enables you to take the actions on those cards. So I feel like into, even if you, even if we did have a very strong grip of the rules until you've played it once and see the kind of cards that can come out you don't really have a sense of how it's just going to kind of balance and change as you play the game mm -hmm. and you get to sort of decide how things go you can kind of if you're building out that tech tree you can sort of shift the overall balance of the actions available one way or the other. And I think the first time I played, I didn't really understand the types of things that were going to be in each one of those categories. So I didn't really know the way in which I was changing the game. But it was super interesting. I think it lends well to a turn-based game like that. Like there is a, there's kind of a lot to read. There's sort of a lot to, going on. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel bad to kind of be sitting there in between turns examining things and and looking things over yeah i agree completely that's a great pick on that i look forward to playing that again as well uh part of the reason i was doing so much of the space stuff was i didn't scroll down to see that whole other board at the bottom uh for the first ooh, too many turns so learn there was a whole other player board down there it was a pretty exciting day really right. so so much it's so much going on too that's pretty fun <laughs> yeah the scroll on, I, I really, we talk about BGA a lot and uh, being like distance gamers now, it's invaluable. I will say that it is still best suited on a computer and there are some games that the scroll on your phone is is not ideal. It's not ideal. So yeah, it, do, it does help to open it up on a browser and be like, oh, that's the whole board. Okay. Yeah, embarrassingly, it was on a browser. I just still, it still took up the whole screen. Oh, yours, and I yours. Just, oh, yeah. my browser must be more zoomed out. Very few games do. You're yeah, right. very, very few games do that. So I just assumed that was all of, of the board. And that was <laughs> You were perfectly incorrect. happy to so, play that game. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I was fine with it. Right. I would have continued for a while. I think there was a point where I was like, I can't do anything. And that seems wrong. And, and I think I like had to look. I basically got to the same place on the other board where it was like, I'm going to have to do this stuff. Which, you know, it's like they made a complete game. Yep. It's like they didn't make two disconnected halves of game. I'd, it took me a long time yeah. to understand those uh, cards in the little space part of it, that there's an action yeah. where you actually claim them. Like I thought uh -huh. I was just getting majorities and that was good enough. 
and it wasn't so yeah. yeah you and i for a while were just getting the most ships on every uh-huh. planet because uh-huh. we both didn't realize colonizing was a thing it felt and I was like right. i've got nine ships on here why is something not happening so. right it's it says that it's less than that but uh, i guess it'll i guess it knows yeah so i think that that what was also nice about that first playthrough is that we were it wasn't like one of us super deeply understood the game the other one didn't and then you're just kind of hobbling along until you're both at the same spot i feel like we were very well synced in that learning game and that kind of i gave me a little more appreciation for it i think overall to just kind of pick it apart and gradually understand it it's a thing aaron would never do that's correct i am excited to watch like an actual tutorial on the game now that i have enough context that i feel like it'll be super helpful because i probably still miss something like there's probably some part of the game i still don't know so you didn't scroll down past the space part well i like a little mystery so (laughs) gotta leave something for next time Mm -hmm. like it's an adventure yeah do you have a do you have a recommend do you have a game you want to play more adam I'm real into the Seven Wonders Duel right now. Huh? I play it pretty often. It's kind of my wind down game because it's not so thought intensive mm-hmm. that you know it's stressing me out or like you know requiring a ton of brain power. It's enough luck where like I'm just gonna lose by the wrong card flipping. So you kind of submit to I can't right. figure it all out. Right. But I really like it more and more. I am excited to actually learn the expansion so I can go into playing those. Uh, yeah. competently so but it's it's really good i really think it's a well-designed game it's pretty quick overall and mm-hmm. yeah i'm just gonna keep think plugging away at that yeah i kelly and i played it like in january it's pretty fun and i think bga is implementation is really good and almost better than like ever setting it up on a table the extra information that it shows you not really extra but like it doing the calculations for you on what it's going to cost for the other person showing you how many science symbols that it has just very quickly. Not having to manage those decks. Showing you what it costs to um, get your wonders built. Mm-hmm. It is is really good. And I like about that game too, kind of what Adam's saying is a wind down thing. At any given time, you don't have a ton of decisions to make. So I think that's where it can be pretty strategic. But at the same time, actually when it comes to your turn, because there's still that hidden information you can't make like too big of a of a overarching plan. You don't even know what the next ages cards are going to look like. So it is a little more just kind of in the moment and submitting to the the luck that will show up. That being said, I would still like to propose a victory pointers Seven Wonders Duel episode at some point because I do have oh, some yeah. strong thoughts oh, okay. about some of those things. I think I'll have to prepare by winning some games so that I can potentially it, give some it could victory just be, pointers. Yeah, it could, or it could just, just be, be Adam. <laughs> Helping us with some victory pointers for Seven Wonders Tool. Thank you so much for listening to episode 33. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at variantheks.com. What games did you play this month? Any new favorites? Let us know on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. If you're wondering when you'll hear Aaron's full rant on Mystic Market, that's still a few episodes away, so hang tight. The next episode will be me and Aaron talking about a few coffee shop games, which is what we call games that don't take up much table space and are perfect for playing out and about. If you are listening to these in reverse, you'll hear me and Adam talking about set collecting in our first board game mechanisms episode. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.